Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Integrated Health Podcast. We are back after a little hiatus back at the studio with me. As always, Mr. Angelo Keeley. What's up? You know, looking fit, looking good, <laughs> looking happy. He's got a new job. He's looking a lot healthier. Aww. Looking Look at that smile. Looking, looking more rested than ever. Yeah. But it's great to see you, my friend. Welcome back to the studio. It's been great to have a break from you. Thank you. Yeah, and joining <laughs> <laughs> Good, good. And joining us in the studio, I wish I could have a break from you now that I think about it. Um, joining us in the studio today is Ms. Randy, Randy Klein. Randy, hello. Hello. Randy is an educational consultant from Los Angeles, California. And we're going to learn a little bit about Los An- what Los Angeles is. No, we're going to learn a little bit about what educational consulting is in just a minute. And also Maureen Brennan, who is living these days in Ver- Connecticut. Connecticut. Yep. In Ver- Connecticut. In Vernetta, yes. In Vernetticut. Yes. Vernetticut is this new state new that's a combination state, of Vermont and Connecticut. A lot of mountains and some ocean. Uh, it's some ocean. Ocean front. Nice. <laughs> Sounds like you're just trying to hide from New Yorkers by like, in- exactly. <laughs> like inventing yeah. a new state. Don't come moving there. But seriously, is welcome to the program. Isn't part of New York. So thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's thank really you. good to be here. You guys decided, they decided to come in and uh, I invited them in because I thought that our listeners might want to know like, what is educational consulting, mm-hmm. right? Like, we, in our world, you know, a lot of you know that I work with Aim House, and, and, and in our world, we have a lot of friends and referral sources and a whole network of people that we sometimes take for granted. But a lot of our listeners probably have no idea what an educational consultant even is. So, take a stab at it for me. Randy, tell me, what is an educational consultant? <laughs> well, I like to call myself a therapeutic educational consultant. And Same here. Yeah. Then we like to call ourselves therapeutic What is a therapeutic edu- education <laughs> consultant? Okay. So in my mind, that's somebody who has a therapeutic and academic educational background. So um, whether it's a clinical MFT or a psychologist or recreational therapist, and in addition to having school counseling or academic experience. And I always say I, I travel at minimum all over the country and a week a month, pretty much, uh, sleeping out in outdoor wilderness programs, evaluating therapeutic boarding schools, residential treatment centers, substance abuse programs, young adult transition programs, adult substance abuse and treatment programs. Uh, Sometimes they know we're coming. Sometimes they don't (laughs) like to surprise people. Um, I would say that's about 35% of our job. And the other 65% is case management team um, being on part of the treatment team, um, some parent coaching, coaching with the students, um, and being a collaborative member of the team. It's an outside source. We don't work for programs or, or any other individuals but the family and or the young adult. And so it, we're really kind of a case manager, therapist, academic specialist, advocate. travel guru, yeah. advocate, yeah. team member, another set of eyes, ears, and brain, you mm-hmm. know, working to help the family and students to be as healthy and ready for the world as possible. Yeah. And I, so I have sports background, that kind of thing growing up. And I, I always use the analogy of like a quarterback. So you're sort of quarterbacking the situation, you know, the players, you know, the plays, you know, when to switch it up, you know, um, who's your go-to people. Uh, So I like what Randy said about the visiting. I think that's extremely important because you have to lay eyes on, on certainly staff and meet them and, and build the relationships. But, what's most important too is spending time with the participants. So the students, the adolescents, the young adults, um, and really get a sense of their experience from it. So, and then obviously maintaining that strong relationship with the family, with the parents, and guiding them through what they need to be doing also on their end. So their kids doing a ton of work 
at the the program they're at. They're um, working on their issues or whatever is happening. But the parents need to be doing the stuff at home, and we can help guide and coach that process too. Yeah, because it really is a family dynamic. Absolutely, you can, you can treat right. You can treat the participant or the client. And if the family doesn't look at itself and its system That's and the way right. that it works, it's very difficult for a client to get better and stay yeah. better, right? So it's some hard truths too. Yeah. So we're we're put in that position a little bit as far as look, you know, this is you've been doing this now for seventeen years, and mm. you know we've really got to take a look at the system. It's mm-hmm. a whole um, family affair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So coming from a perspective where maybe I don't, I still don't quite get what you guys do or where you're coming from. I understand I'm a parent. Clearly, I have an adolescent or a young adult child that has some kind of problems. Like, what kind of problems, and why? Why come to you? Why come to a quarterback? Like, what? What can you help me with? Sure. Why might one hire a therapeutic educational? Yeah. Why would one hire right. one? Right. Well, I think um, because you can spend, you can ex- become exhausted looking online, right? So I know that's the first thing everyone hops online. You know, people pay a lot of money for websites. They pay a lot of money for, you know, clickbait. You can get on there and, oh, my God, that program looks amazing. And I've had so many families, and I know Randy does too, is that have tried three programs, four programs, have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on treatment that is maybe not appropriate. doesn't mean it's not a great place place for the right child or adolescent or young adult, but... Um, you know, our job is to know really who do they serve? Like who is the best candidate to be in the program and the best family and all the things we just talked about. So I think that's, you know, in the kids that we see or the young adults we see, Randy does quite a bit of adolescence. I do quite a bit of, of young adults. So, but we, I think we go at it very similar, similarly. Um, and, and, you know, you've just got to, you've, You've got to know the mat. It's a matchmaking service. It's yeah. a, you know, in its yeah. e- in its simplest sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. well, and I I think it's also we're the expert, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because we travel at minimum a week a month. Because we are we're not just going to a program one time. We're looking at ownership changes. We're looking at licenses. We're looking at the different therapists that are in place. Who would be the right fit? We're the expert. We become the expert within your family after gathering all of our information, our initial information, and assessing mm-hmm. and really narrowing down. So you're not hopping from place to place, so that we can help guide you to what will be hopefully the most successful and, you know, with the most information and help continue that path all the Mm -hmm. way through, right? you know, and making sure it's a system because, you know, as you said, Danny, I mean, it is important that we look at the whole family and what that looks like, that you're getting the connections, the family's getting the connections they need. It is a whole family level of treatment. And so while we're, like I said, we're putting your student or child in a program and, and they're working on what they need to emergently, that other 65% is really helping you and the family work towards that piece. And you can't be an expert in your own family, you right. know, and so having outside resources really help provide that and make it a little bit more succinct. Yeah. What are, have, are you seeing anything different now than, because you've both been doing this for a while. Yeah. What are you seeing now? Are there any changes that have happened with the clients that come into your practice? Like, are you seeing more of something now yeah. than you did when you began? Yeah. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, I think for me, and this is my big thing, and, um, you know, everyone's heard me ramble on about it, but I think what I'm seeing now more than ever is sort of this lack of resiliency. 
um, a lack of grit, a lack of perseverance, a lack of like we've got to keep moving, right? So we may have bipolar, we might have a drug addiction, we may have depression, anxiety, trauma, whatever it is you're looking at. But but we're stalled in life. So you can you still have to get great treatment and that's what we're looking for and you need that. But where where I think and programs are doing a great job or starting to, I should say, of like we gotta keep moving. We've gotta keep moving forward. And um I think that's what I'm seeing most is sort of just this lack of like grit, this this lack of, of, of ability to pick oneself up, even though they have these tremendous obstacles and, and, and diagnoses even. So um, so that's what I'm seeing. And that's those are the programs I really love um, to work with is, is the folks that are really working on that and are coaching. You know, they're doing the therapy, they're doing all the things they need to do on a clinical model. But they're also talking about, okay, let's keep going, we got to keep moving. So how can we coach you through this too? to get the job, to go back to school, to, you know, form those relationships that are so essential. I think in my experience as a program owner, that's where actually partnerships with educational consultants and the program come in to a great spot. Because if a program's doing its job, Mm -hmm. you're pushing just enough to help develop that grit, to help develop that resiliency. And that's not comfortable, right? right? Or it's not always comfortable. So it's, I hate this place or they're pushing me too hard or there's right. too many choices or there's all this stuff. But but for you know programs like ours in transition, we're really trying to get to the point where you can live independently, where you're right. going to be out there and you can handle some of the curveballs that life inevitably throws at all of us. And you you're know? teaching the parents resiliency and grit to watch their kids struggle a yeah. little bit right. because that's the other thing I think I've seen. I know Randy and I have talked about it is that the parents are, are so uncomfortable watching their child be uncomfortable. Mm. And that's when the, that's part of the process mm-hmm. of change. I mean, right. It's how, mm-hmm. it, how it all starts is being uncomfortable. I don't like this. So how can I make the change? Yeah. So, and I think that's why, why we're seeing more of what we're seeing, you know, maybe some sicker families, sicker kids, people waiting a little bit longer for treatment because things have just gotten really comfortable in in not doing a lot, you know, it's sad to say, you know, kids that aren't going to school anymore, kids that are, you know, not leaving their basement, not kids that are, you know, have are homeschooled, not because of by choice, but because of necessity or kids that are no longer able to even do the daily functions and families who've become so comfortable with that, mm. that they don't even realize they've been in crisis for the amount of years that they've been in crisis or, or time, it just becomes so normalized. And, and so, the, and the edu- back to the educational yes. piece of the educational consulting is schools are too. They're like, okay, fine, yes. don't you can stay home. We'll send get them an IEP. A, we'll, yeah, figure IEP out. we'll figure it out. You can yeah. do homeschool or finish it up at home. We'll send the books, the work, yeah. and so everyone's just sort of doing more accommodating. When really we have to raise the bar back up mm-hmm. so that they and you and they'll they'll reach it. You just have to have the expectation that you can do this, you know, and I think that's really the most frustrating part. So when is the right time to contact an educational consultant to try to, because it seems like there's this whole spectrum, there's all these different types of issues that could come up, whether my child might have an eating disorder or a drug addiction, or just doesn't want to leave the basement, or they're like, drinking and smoking pot, but they're not really getting into that much trouble, but it doesn't seem good for them. Like, how do I know when I should just get him a therapist or a psychiatrist or get an EC? Like, how do I know? 
So I would say anytime, yeah. right? Because if you're going to see a good EC, a good therapeutic educational consultant or educational consultant, and this happens for both of us many times, I've turned more families away mm-hmm. than I accept. And what I mean by that is you haven't done everything mm-hmm. yet. Have you, you know, here's some resources in the community. Here's something else to try for the summer. You know, let's put a case, you know, all case manage and put a team together for you that we haven't even mm-hmm. done the intervention yet. You know, that you're not even ready for a residential or, or a li- out of home placement. So if you get, go see it anytime so that yeah. you can get the information and they can help guide you, the sooner the better. Um, and again, if it's an ethical consultant, they're not going to just take every child or young adult and. Yeah, if you haven't been to a them. therapist yet, mm-hmm. right. we're not sending you away to exactly. a program, you know. <laughs> but, unless- but even then, I, I would think that, that, um, being a good therapeutic consultant, you know the resources that are local. You're familiar, you're networking. And I, I was actually just thinking case in point, Randy, with, you know, I had a family member who was really struggling and I called you because I happened to be out in Los Angeles and that's where they were. And I was kind of thinking at the time, Randy, you'll take this on, right? You'll take the time. You're like, we'll find you a good therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually has worked out fabulously. And mm-hmm. you connected me with a wonderful resource for, for a close family member. So I really, really appreciate that. And Thank I was just you. thinking about that case in yeah. point. That would have been one that... Somebody could have said, right, like, sure, let me take this on and we'll do this thing and write the check and do yeah. all these different things. But it's it's uh, that's I think that's what you mean by ethical. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And they've got to be ready. You've got to be ready. I mean, you we can push and nudge and gently nudge mm-hmm. on like, look, if it were me, this is what I would do. But sometimes, you know, families will call and you have a you know great conversation. You know, you can help them and, and they just need more time. You mm. know, they need a little bit more time and um, you don't want things to get too bad, you know, but um, but but you've got to be ready. You've got to be comfortable enough with your consult. And, and that's where, again, I mean, we we talk to families before they – I talk to families for as much as they need, mm-hmm. really, to feel comfortable with me and, and, and trust and, and say, yeah, I think this is – this is the one for us. You know, she's she's giving other kinds of options or let's look at three different tracks. Let's mm. talk about track A, B, and C and, mm. and whichever one you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I'll give you my recommendation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're not ready for that, then then let's talk about what other resources are out there. So we'll formulate the plan that makes sense and works. And yeah. it's not unheard of that I have families that contacted me two years ago and then six months later mm-hmm. and they keep checking in and yeah. until they're ready for, for what that looks like. And, you know, for me, my biggest philosophy is choices that, mm. you know, we don't want to run out of choices. So the earlier intervention that we can do something outpatient or we can do things in that perspective mm-hmm. leaves us so many open doors. But when things get to too much of an emergent crisis situation, you our choices access, get narrowed. Yeah. And so that's always why I say go now to an ed- educational consultant because you'll have more options than if you wait and you'll until have you're the in background, crisis. So you don't, you're not yes. just reacting to some kind of crisis. You already know what's been going on. You've got the history. You don't, you know, so. Exactly. I think think there's a misperception sometimes that uh, educational consultants are only to be hired in crisis. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about this. It's kind of the analogy. I don't know if it works, but um, going to your general practitioner uh, for some questions, you know, to do a checkup to kind of see what's the mental health situation. What are here's some concerns, you know, as a parent, it's very lonely wondering on your own. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. as a dad, I, I have to talk to other people and say, hey, am I crazy here that... 
my kids, you know, putting gum on my car and I'm like, no, that's a, they don't really do that. <laughs> but, but, but just those kinds of things where you're going, what's in like, yeah, no, yeah. that's a developmentally kind of normal. And, yep. and you get the sense, but we, we kind of run blind, you know, yeah. families tend to run blind. And like, I, I, I think they tend to not speak or get help or ask until something's truly a problem. Right. When in reality, it's like, you know, you'd go to your doctor for something and you don't necessarily need surgery yet. Or you don't necessarily need to room. see a specialty right. yet. But but it, just to be able to talk to somebody about that. So I'm actually advocating that people get educational consultants early yeah. in the game, at least to check. You know, and I mean, I don't know how that works, but you come in and at least okay. consult hourly yeah, or whatever. You and absolutely, gotta, you know, absolutely. Be proactive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. Yeah. And I think too, and uh, one other thing, and and I know Randy practices the same. Is you know, you're looking at the clinical, you're looking at the educational, but for also for me, and this might be my recreation therapy background. What are your interests, and like, what do you love? And what's going to mm-hmm. keep you motivated and what's going to give you that perseverance to stay healthy, stay well, stay clean, stay all the things that are, are, are you know, to, to be successful in life. So and, you know, you guys do a great job of that. And 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 really, what's your passion? Mm-hmm. I mean, we forget that we're like, he's got to get well, he's got bipolar, we've got to, we've got to medicate it, we've got to do all these things. But Really, we got to get happy. We got to get the, the interest back on board because that's dreaming. That yeah. you know, our kids don't dream anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's often one of the questions I ask them is, "If I gave you five million dollars, what would you do?" And eighty yeah, percent yeah. of kids don't have an answer to it. That's right. Anymore. It's funny you say that. That's <clears throat> often my first question. Also, is like, "Well, what do you want to do?" Yeah, and almost always. They tell me what they can't do, what they mm-hmm. perceive they can't do, what they're not good at, where they've gotten in trouble, and I'll, re- and, I'll re- and I'll repeat it. Yeah. No, what do you want to do? And right. it's it's startling. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's exciting when somebody does know. And I think, and then I feel like it's the job of programs often to cultivate that. Yeah, 100%. You know, to to lead that out. Absolutely. Which is the original word for educate, right? right. To lead out, oh, to yeah. take out from within rather than our system currently, which is kind of to Shut force down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like yeah. how you did that. You circled back to that. That was great. Like that? Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. This isn't my <laughs> so first rodeo. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> thank you both so oh, much for coming on. Yes, really thank appreciate you. it. Really appreciate the opportunity. Enjoy Talk Boulder. I hope you have a wonderful week. Always. Yeah. Yeah. As always. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So good to see you both. Yeah. Ditto. Come back. Yes, absolutely. Thanks. This has been the Integrated Health Podcast with our guests Randy Klein and Maureen Brennan and Angelo Keeley, my sidekick as always. Um, Thank you very much and thanks for tuning in.